And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I'm your host. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today we have for you Paige King Johnson, great talent out of the Carolinas. You're not going to want to miss this girl. Um, she has some great, great songs out. Um, go check her out. See what she's doing. You can find her in Nashville. You can find her in the Carolinas. You can find her all over the place. She's absolutely incredible. Such a sweetheart to talk to. Um, it was an absolute pleasure to, uh, to talk with her and spend some time with her. Um, so thank you for that and I look forward to speaking with you again as you can tell this one was recorded just about Thanksgiving um, so we talk about that a, a little bit um, we're just so we're just so busy that and we have such a backlog that we are finally getting to releasing these episodes I don't want to bombard everybody with a bunch of episodes at once but Maybe going forward we will in season two if we have a bunch of stuff we'll just release everything at once. But I want to give the artists their you know their due diligence as well and give them the time. So without further ado, Paige King Johnson. Well, hello, Paige. <laughs> what's going on? I think the whole world is against us both this morning. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where. I can't tell you, you know, this, this, the way I do this um, usually works really, really well. And then there's always those times where, you know, something happens and, you know, a, a call will drop or, you know, whatever. And then we have to, you know, get a new link and do all this stuff. And, you know, it's going to be because that's the holidays. It it must be like <laughs> the Lord is trying to tell us, listen, I, I gave you a day of rest. Just take it. 
Right, right. You know, this is, but you know what? I'm so glad we figured it out and you're able to be on today. Oh, Thank yes. you so much for I'm being here. I'm glad to be here. Good. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. You know, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been doing a lot of research on you and, and seeing what you've been doing and everything else. But, you know, the way I do this show is this is about you. You're going to tell me or tell us what, where you've come from, what you've done, how you've gotten here, and I will interject along the way as, as the conversation goes. Perfect. I love it. So go ahead. Tell us all about you. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so get ready for the five-hour story. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina, um, so that's why I sound the way I do. And uh, music has kind of always been a part of who I am as a person and has always been something that I've been passionate about. I was a little girl who always had to have attention in some form or fashion. (laughs) And so whether I was just talking very loudly or I was like dancing in front of the TV so that people would watch me instead. Um, but now, you, was... Paige, hold on, hold on. Are you an only child too? <laughs> no, I'm not. But oh, my wow. sister <laughs> was she hated attention, so I just took advantage of that and took all of it. Good for you. But um, so and my my interest in music kind of came from my older sister. Um, she was taking piano lessons at the time when she was in. Uh, around elementary school and so I wanted to be just like my older sister and got in piano lessons and that was kind of my first dip in the toes in the water of music for me Uh, and I got the basis of my knowledge and my love for music there and then as I started growing in that my family started seeing that I was really enjoying and like living for this music that I was learning and so uh, when I was 10 years old my grandpa actually bought me a guitar for Christmas and uh, I fell in love with it and he encouraged me to get into lessons and kind of see where it would take me and so I did and uh, you know it was challenging but I started learning some more music stuff and then that following Easter my grandpa actually passed away And, um, so I kind of took that as my sign from God and the world and my grandpa that maybe this music thing was something that I needed to take seriously. And so that was kind of when I really put my head down and started putting time and effort into practicing. And I absolutely fell in love with music at that point. Um, and there was no looking back after that. That that's incredible. You know, it's funny how, you know, <clears throat> I grew up in New England and, you know, I talk to a lot of people and you see you see and hear the difference in what family has meant to artists, you mm-hmm. know, south of the Mason-Dixon line compared to, you know, around here. Yeah, you know, I'm not discounting family from anybody, right? But I'm, yeah. the emphasis on, you know, you're not the first artist that said, you know, my, my grandfather or, you know, somebody else in that role has yeah. influenced you so much. And I, I find that very fascinating and interesting and like you know, almost heartbreaking because that whole sentiment isn't, you know, nationwide, I guess. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, it, it is, but it isn't to, to the degree it is maybe down south. Yeah. And it, you know, it comes from 
a either you know older family members wanting to pass down something to the younger generations or them kind of kicking themselves in the butt because they didn't chase after you know these dreams or these aspirations and so they want the best for whoever it is and you know like you said it's not putting down anybody from anywhere but um you know it's just that desire to keep things going yeah yeah you know and and like up here you know I, i say it all the time and i have no bones about it but you know we're a hardened kind of people up here in the northeast you know, it's... <laughs> no oh no 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 we are it's it's awful like we you know we'll we'll flip you off and tell you where to go before we say hey how's your do how, how's your day going <laughs> um you know <laughs> and that's that's just how life is up here you know like um, I guess you can say that because you are from the north if I yeah. said that it would be controversial <laughs> yeah right, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like if I said anything, you know, contrary to people of the South, which, you know, the Southern way of life and the hospitality is, you know, by none, the greatest you could ever get anywhere. Oh, well, you're so kind. I've definitely uh, met some very sweet Northerners as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> we have we have some sweet people, but it's not, you know, the sentiment isn't overall. You know, it seems like when you go down south, it's very like, you know, come on in, y'all. You know, and <laughs> here, here it's like, what the hell do you want? <laughs> we just need to ship all of y'all down here for about a week and put you through yeah. boot camp. But I'm sure there's plenty of us who would say, but don't stay down here now because we're going to you down here forever. Right. right. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because, um, you know, another another artist I um. Uh, listen to quite a bit is out of Texas mm-hmm. and you know he has a song and in the lines it says you know don't California my Texas you know like, <laughs> we're glad you're here but don't yeah <laughs> don't don't you know excuse yeah. my language but don't fuck shit up <laughs> yeah you you came <laughs> you <know>? to me <laughs> <laughs> right um so once you started playing guitar like really getting into it when did the song start to come I actually did not start writing music until I moved to Nashville, which was about six years ago. Um, So I spent a good seven or eight years just playing all of my favorite songs and trying to emulate all of those sounds and those voices that I grew up listening to. Um, And I grew up listening to a lot of classic country music. So I was, you know, trying to be the next Loretta Lynn and the Patsy Cline and the the Merle Haggards and all those kinds of people and trying to fuse that kind of sound um, back into country music. And then it wasn't until I moved to Nashville that I kind of found my voice as a songwriter. And looking back on it now, I don't think that it wasn't that I didn't have anything to say as a songwriter, but I think it was more of a lack of confidence in myself that what I had to say wasn't relevant enough um and I think it took me moving to Nashville and a realizing that Nashville is such a songwriter town um and if you don't write songs then you know you're kind of already three steps behind Mm -hmm. and b that Nashville is such a welcoming place and such a songwriting central for everything that the whole community embraced whatever you had to say, no matter if you thought that it was, you know, trivial or not. Um, 
there was a, there was a story to it and there was a song in there somewhere. And so that was really, uh, the push that it took for me to kind of step out of my comfort zone, which is a really uncomfortable thing to do and, and start, you know, failing my way through songwriting until the songs kind of became okay. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how everything goes though? You know, like, yes. really, you know, so you can't, you can't be too upset about it because you know, you've come out on the other side of it and you've come out of it really well. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so some, so did you link up with anybody to start writing or did you just, you know, trial and error, you know, finally find your footing and, you know, kind of, you know, took it from there? My, uh, I credit it all back to my freshman year and my sophomore year, um, roommate in college. So I moved to Nashville to go to college. I went to Belmont university and, um, I had a semi-random roommate, and her name's Allison Mahal, and she's an amazing songwriter and amazing artist, and um, our whole friendship, we're still best friends to this day. She's going to be my maid of honor in my wedding. She's just my backbone, and um, she was the person who inspired me because we were moving in the first day I ever met her, and we were moving into our freshman year dorm room, and she had this box full of books that were just full of journals that were full of songs that she had written, and she was the person who encouraged me of like, listen, all these songs in here, most of them are crap. I promise, <laughs> but I wrote them and it helped me, and you got to get through the bad ones to get the good ones out, and so... She was the person that I really only ever built that relationship with to begin at the beginning and was the only person that I would write with um, because with her, there was no judgment. There was no, you know, that's not good enough to write. That It was just whatever you're feeling, whatever you think, whatever goes with this story, put it down on paper and then mm -hmm. we'll sift through it all later. Um, and that was how I learned. Well, wow, that's, I mean, that's really the best way to learn, right? Mm -hmm. It's just by, by doing it. Yes. Um, so once you've started, once you started to get these songs that were, you know, please don't take this the wrong way, but good enough to play out, right? Where, <laughs> where did you start going? Um, thankfully, Nashville has a plethora of places to be able to go. And <laughs> since it is such a songwriting town, there's uh, what they call songwriters rounds mm -hmm. all over town every single night of the week, starting at like noon all the way till midnight. Um, and so as a, a young kid, um, I was still only, you know, 17, 18, 19 at the time. So it wasn't like I was going into every bar in town and able to play my songs. Um, so I was thankfully able to make some connections with local uh, club owners around that would have young college kids like me come in and play in these songwriter rounds. And that was really the best way to be able to go in because you had a crowd in there that knew they were coming into a writer's round. So they were there to listen to music and to listen to the words and to, you know, hear these new up and coming songwriter stories and their songs. And, um, that was also one of those other pushes that I really needed was, you know, you can write these songs all day, but getting out in front of a crowd and playing them for people who have no reason to like you whatsoever is a very intimidating thing. And so, um, 
I kind of just had to jump head first into that and really just pump myself up before I did the very first one and believe in myself enough. Um, and, you know, thankfully Nashville is full of amazing people who can critique you in very positive ways and encourage you <laughs> and not, you know, shut you down from the very beginning. And so it was just building myself up, you know, to each new writer's night and new places. And I was able to work up to play in at open mic at the Bluebird in Nashville and, um, you know, these days, whenever I'm able to be back in Nashville and get back in town for a few days, uh, I have my friends who still host rounds that I'm able to go back to and play, which is really nice. That's awesome. That's so great to, to still have that connection. So are you back in um, North Carolina? I'm back and forth right now. So. Okay. Between North Carolina and especially now during the holidays, I'm a little more back here and then heading back and forth to Nashville for some work stuff and then anywhere else that the road takes me. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you been have you been playing shows out now since everything's kind of, you know, I, I have been um, 2021 has been. I would say one of the busiest years show wise for me that I have had thus far in my career, which is crazy to say that, especially coming out of 2020 and, you know, we won't even speak of what happened, but, um, (laughs) um, and, and not being on the road and just going from being at home 24 seven to this past year, I counted it up and I think I've played like 120 shows and I've played five or six different states and it's just been like constant every single week and weekend, which I'm so, so grateful for. But it's just insane to see how wide open everything became in such a you know quick amount of time. And I'm grateful for every single one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's something I hear for, you know, again, the people that are south and west of where i am because you know there's still parts here that are like nope 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 yes and it's you know it's frustrating you know it it is but yeah and you you and and through this you know you've had to learn to respect everybody's wishes and their whatevers but um you know i'm grateful that we live towards the beach areas in the north and south carolina region so there were plenty of outdoor spaces that we could go and you know, have people still be able to enjoy live music and be feel safe and yeah. be in a safe environment. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, you're doing your thing and you're doing all these dates. Have you have you been up here yet? I because remind me where you are again. So I where I where my home base is, I'm about an hour south of Boston and about a half an hour north of Providence, Rhode Island. Okay, I gotcha. So I spent um, about a week on radio tour back in 2019. Up, well, I, I did. I did two different legs. So I did one kind of a little further west than you. I did the the Virginia, the West Virginia, the Pennsylvania area, mm-hmm. um, and then I spent a week up in New York and New Hampshire, and I'm gonna complete maybe connecticut i can't remember exactly where we were all, all of those states out there y'all are all just jumbled up yeah that's true but but I've, I've spent a couple of weeks up there which was really really cool and um 
you know, literally and figuratively, it was freezing cold whenever I was up there around Christmas time back in 2019. I thought I was going to freeze my butt off because little yeah. Southern girls, we don't have <laughs> thick blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it can get brutal. You know, the cold up here gets, you know, we get, it's brutal. I can't wait to not be in the cold anymore. Yeah, it's, uh, I was, whenever I was, I was in upstate New York, like 30 minutes from the Canada border, and I remember getting off the plane, it was like 11 p.m. at night in December, mind you, (laughs) and it was like a very small airport, so we didn't get off on the little, you know, like, uh, hallway things that you walk up to the terminal, it was get off and walk down onto the ground, and you're going to walk into the airport, and we walked out, and immediately when I stepped out the door, this wind came rushing by me, and I thought I had stepped into Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Lord, please don't bring me back here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Northeast is not a place you want to go really anytime after November 1st. No. Because, because you never know what you're going to get. You could get a foot of snow. You could get, you know, it's, it's awful. It's mm. awful. Um, so do you have, what do you, you know, I know you've released some songs this year that are like kind of really blown up, you know, with Baby Don't <laughs> and, you know, she holds this house together. You know, like they've really blown up. Like they've, they've done really well. So what do you, <laughs> what do you credit that to? Um, number one, obviously, other than the songs are great, but you know, well, yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, I tell people all the time, you you have to start with a great song, no matter what, and so, um, with she holds this house together, that was a song that I had co-written with a friend of mine, Mac Mike Astrakhan out of Nashville, and it started out as just like a thank you letter to our moms and it ended up turning into this you know mother's day anthem that we put out around may around mother's day for all the women out there in the world whether they're biological moms their aunts their sisters their you know godmothers whatever uh that have had a huge hand in raising decent humans in the world because lord knows we need them and um so that that was one because I think it really it tugged on the heartstrings and it was relatable to a lot of people and it meant something to people, which is at the end of the day what I strive to do as a songwriter every single day. Um, and then with Baby Don't, this was actually a song that I was not a part of writing, but it was one that I immediately clung to whenever I heard it. And it was uh, written by three of my heroes in Nashville um, Miss Lori McKenna and Liz Rose and Hillary Lindsay and they just wrote the smash and it fell into my lap and I knew that it was written for me and so I think you know both of those songs are very different but they're relatable in different ways for people um, and it's a story that people want to keep coming back to um, and so I think it starts with good songs and then it ends with having a good team behind you that knows what to do with those good songs And uh, I tell people all the time, I'm a songwriter and an artist, but I'm not a marketing expert and I am not a Facebook guru and I am not a music video producer and I'm not any of those things and I don't pretend to be. So um, I always am very articulate about who I place around me and my team and who's 
good at what they do and they know how to stay in their lane and just, you know, work the heck out of what they know. That's, that's awesome. You know, and it's, you know, with that song, with having Laurie McKenna write, write it or help write it, you know, you're, you were mm-hmm. in bad hands, you know, Laurie, Laurie, <laughs> Laurie's a local to, to where we are. Yes. And, um, you know, to, to the country music scene here and rightfully so, you know, she, she can't do anything wrong. Oh you no! Know, because because she can't. You know, I I actually she's get this, mother Lori. <laughs> right, right. You know, she actually opened. I want to say I want to say she opened. She opened for Tim and Faith when they were here a couple of years ago, oh. and it was just incredible, like absolutely incredible. She's just one of those people who she can say such simple things in such profound ways but still make them relatable and it's just it's such an art and it's truly a gift and she is my top hero in songwriting ever period um and i strive to be like her because she is just seems to be the salt of the earth and in so many ways yeah yeah she she you know from everything i've seen and read and heard like she is you know what you would imagine her to be is exactly how she is Mm mm-hmm you know, so that that's pretty that's pretty incredible. So how how did that song then get to you? Did somebody say, "Hey, Paige, we think you would do well with this song," or did you stumble across it and say, "Hey, I want to cut this"? You know, some days I wonder that myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this song was actually sent to me by uh, my friend and mentor, Miss Pam Tillis, who I've been working with over the past year or so, and. Um, our relationship kind of started when last year she was off the road and she wasn't touring and she kind of stepped into the director's chair on my projects because she fell in love with my single, just like you. And uh, she ended up directing the music video for that. So that's kind of how our relationship started. And um, this past summer, she knew that I was working on some new music and, uh, this song came across her lap because she's Pam Tillis and she can get songs that are you know, written by Lori McKenna. And uh, so, she, and she texted me and I see it come across my phone and there it's like a song link. And then I immediately see that she's calling me. I'm like, okay. So I pick up the phone. I said, Hey Pam. And she goes, Paige, hang up with me right now and go listen to that song. I just sent you. She goes, it just came into me and it sounds exactly like you and would fit your voice. And I was like, okay. And she goes, if you don't record this song, you're crazy. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll listen to you. So uh, that was kind of how it came into my, my arms. That's awesome. That's, that's cool. How that happens. Yes. It's a, it's crazy. And you know, I'm, I'm such a nerd in music in general. And so I love being able to hear the stories of a, how songs come into being and, you know, what was the inspiration behind that and what was said in the room that day that sparked, you know, a certain line or whatever, but then be how it gets into certain artist hands and how it becomes the songs that you hear on the radio or that are receiving Grammy nominations or whatever it is. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's why I kind of, that's why I wanted to start this whole show, you know, because I'm a big uh, proponent of, you know, if you don't know, I mean, you can enjoy music however you want to enjoy it. Right. 
But if you're really into music, I don't think you can really appreciate a song or an artist unless you really know their story mm-hmm. and how they got to somewhere or why the song sounds the way it does, mm-hmm. and, you know, all of these things. So it's, I feel it's important to hear these stories, you know, more or less like a behind the music kind, yeah. of, kind of thing to get that appreciation, you know, cause I've even seen it myself, like even with like your music, you know, I've enjoyed your music a lot, but now having this conversation and going back and listening to it, I, me personally, I'm going to enjoy it much, much more. Yeah. And I think it, you know, on the side of being just a fan of music, I think whenever fans learn all these things about their favorite artists and about, you know, how, what, sparked certain inspiration behind songs or how songs were relatable to those artists lives I think it makes fans enjoy it and appreciate it a lot more too and realize that these artists are a lot more like the fans than they thought that they were and it kind of humanizes them again yeah and it puts us back on a level playing field because at the end of the day I mean we're all just like humans that are struggling through the same life in the same world and um that's the whole purpose of songs and of art in general is that it's supposed to unite us and it's supposed to justify the way that we feel about things and, um, you know, get us through hard times and make us want to have good times and everything in between. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I agree a hundred percent, you know, and sometimes I even think like with these bigger artists, like sometimes they lose that, you know, that, you Mm -hmm. know, because fame and fortune and everything that goes with it has, you know, it, it takes you away from, you know, it maybe takes you away from who you really are, right? Yeah. Even if it's for a minute, a month, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you need that, you know, come into Jesus moment of like, hey, I'm still me. Yes. You know, and it, and you can sometimes see that in careers with artists that have like realized that and go, oh, shit, I'm losing myself. I've mm-hmm. got to reel it back. Yeah, and that's when their whole sound changes. That's when their whole image changes. And right, some people hate it and some people love it. Right. You know, and, and saying that and having this conversation with you is making me think of, you know, one of my favorites right now and Luke Combs. You know, Luke blew up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, really, really blew up. And then this song he just released, Doing This, I think is almost that song for him where it's like, oh, shit. Like I'm bringing this back to what it was, mm-hmm. you know, in the first album. Yeah. Sounds... And the, can I get an outlaw album? <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. The days where he was who he was. And he, I don't want to say Luke is sold out because I think that would be unfair. I think success is just, <laughs> you know, found him and, yeah. you know, he <laughs> rightfully so ran with it because I don't know if he, if he wouldn't, you know, yeah. um, but yeah, and you know, because I see it all the time with artists, you know, big, small, medium, you know, and the, the fans, like, they, they smell it out. They know when you're being phony or a fraud, you know, a quote-unquote phony and fraud, and, you know, not playing to your fan base, but playing to a, a bigger... A higher-up you know, who's right. telling you what to do. Yeah. Right, right. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you saying that and how all of that, you know, kind of plays a factor in everything. And I think that's what, you know, puts you in a different category than some of the others. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So you've got all this stuff. What, what is your musical plan? Do you have one? Is it, it, 
I not to say that you don't, <laughs> but you know, do you have like a timetable of when things are coming out or does any artist have a plan for I mean I <laughs> I mean some do. Some are like, well, this is how it's gonna go in my brain. Uh, no, whether I it think happens. we all we all have dreams as to what happens, right? But as far as the actual putting it into play is a different story. No, um I definitely I do have a plan. So I with being off the road in 2020, I did the most writing that I'd ever done in my life at one time um, and ended up writing some of my favorite songs yet that I've ever been a part of. And so we have definitely spent a lot more time in the studio over the past few months and we have a lot of those songs put together. So there's definitely a work towards a bigger project, what that looks like right now, still kind of figuring it out, but um, there's a lot of really cool things that I'm proud of that I'm holding on to right now. And so, um, it's kind of, you know, finding the right time and the right place for them to live at the moment. But, um, I'm excited for next year and having all these things kind of, um, getting them mapped out. Yeah. Awesome. Now, is there going to be a tour with all of that? Um, there's always tours, right? Yeah, we're, sure. we're working on everything. So sure. right now is kind of the plan time for me between now and, and Jan- through January. So mm-hmm. my team and I are kind of getting our heads together and seeing what that looks like for next year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, do you have, again, I'm, I'm probably asking way more questions than you want to answer, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what you're doing, do you, do you want to do it like on your own and, and, you know, go out as yourself and play whatever, wherever you can, or would you, are you looking to, you know, attach yourself to a, to a bigger, more national tour to get out that way too? Um, I think there's a good mix between, right? So I, obviously the goal is to get on national tours and to be with, bigger artists that can show me the ropes and that can open doors for me that I wouldn't be able to open for myself. And, um, you know, that's kind of what the whole country music family is all about is the people who are higher up are reaching their hands down and helping younger artists like me. Uh, so I do hope that that is something in the foreseeable future, but I also enjoy being able to go out and, you know, play festivals and, you know, me being one of the, the people in the lineup and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, think there's a happy medium between the yeah. two. Oh, absolutely you know because you every show you never know who's going to be there right right regardless if it's you know if you're opening for you know uh, a national superstar act or if you're playing you know in a in a place by yourself you yeah know? and I, I i love the mix of things because you know i i cut my teeth like i said in the the intimate riders rounds in nashville and so um I think every artist enjoys that kind of scene every once in a while. That's not, you know, the big produced with lights and a huge stage, but just sitting in a room with your guitar or your piano and like just, you know, 30, 40, 50 people surrounding you who are truly like there to be immersed by these songs. And I think those are really special moments that you can kind of get in between playing those big sold out shows. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, do you, when you, when you do your thing, are you doing solo? Are you doing full band? Do you have a preference? 
Uh, yes and yes. Uh, yeah. I do kind of a whole mixture, which keeps things uh, fresh for me and um, kind of keeps me on my toes and keeps me having to keep my chops up. But I play a lot of solo stuff whenever I'm kind of uh, going out further places. And I love being able to bring my band in uh, and be able to have those big, fun, you know, just carefree shows every now and then, too. Yeah. Yeah, that that's awesome. But I I always find it interesting, the answer I get with that, you know, because some, some artists, you know, prefer to do the solo thing and some prefer to do full band and um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see the balance on what artists would rather a full band rather than just themselves. And yeah. And I think for me anyways, I feel like there's always more room for being able to have fun on stage whenever there is somebody up there with me. So whether it's, you know, me doing a duo thing or, um, having my full band up there, when you have other people to feed off of on stage with you that like know what's happening <laughs> not that yeah. the people in the crowd don't know what's happening but who are like on who are like in the same boat with you it's a lot more fun and y- y'all can kind of you know there's plenty of inside jokes going on on stage with a band 24 7 that people in the crowd could be oblivious to and so right. uh those are always fun to kind of be able to throw in the mix yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now though, you talk about those inside jokes because, you know, as a fan watching, you can kind of see those play out. Now, do those come organically on stage that night or is it sometimes stuff that has been discussed, you know, on the night before or before you go on stage or, you know, does it all depend on, on what's going on? Um, I think they can come from all kinds of things with, I think the basis of, there being you know jokes or playing around or whatever is the fact that bands are like family because we spend so much time together um and anybody that you spend a lot of time with you're going to understand on a deeper level and be able to cut up with and um you know you have all these shared experiences and so some stuff can be you know pulled from past things and things that have kind of developed over time that are just habits that y'all do and that become a funny thing or you know, it can be something that y'all all kind of catch from being the people watchers that we are up on a stage and being able to see everything that's going on in a crowd. Um, and we're constantly like people think all the time. And obviously we are very immersed in our music and we're doing our job and we're, you know, having to focus on everything. But after a while, sets and songs become more of muscle memory than anything. And so it's, you know, towards the end of touring seasons or festival seasons or whatever is that those sets are starting to become more and more of just implanted in your brain that you're able to kind of let loose and enjoy things and take in things more than you are whenever you're first, you know, still trying to polish that set together. And so um, when you get more towards the end of that and the comfortable seasons, you're able to really take in everything that's around you and realize the funny things that are happening or going on or, you know, the sketchy things that are happening that you're seeing or whatever it might be. And those are the moments where like you see the organic laughter and the, you know, joking around between bandmates. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's, that's always fun. 
right? To see that and how it works out, you know, because you is. can, especially when it's genuine, you know, as, as a fan, you can see, you know, the, the organic chemistry and it's, it, it makes a show more enjoyable for sure. Yeah. And I mean, bands, that's when you're going to get the best shows is when you can genuinely tell that everybody in the band wants to be there and that they enjoy being around the other people. Yeah. Um, and that they're there because they love the music and that they believe in the artists and that they believe in music in general. And, you know, they've made a choice to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now I know, you know, it's the holiday season and things are busy. And I, again, I can't thank you <laughs> enough for, for taking your time. So I yes. have a few, a few more things. I, I always like to ask everybody uh, before we, before we call it a, call it a conversation. Um, seeing we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast, what is your pair of boots of choice and what is your whiskey brand of choice? All right, you're going to hate me because even though I have a song called Water Down the Whiskey, I am most definitely a wine girl. Instead. All right, well, Paige, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we did this at the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and here goes, delete this whole conversation. Yep. Well, <laughs> thanks for wasting my morning yes uh what is your favorite whiskey um so i'm not gonna lie to you i've really started to get into this whole whiskey world um but uh my wife has always been a big uh jack daniels person okay so that's kind of how i got into this okay um i feel like that's a good like go-to starter yeah yeah so jack is is the is the choice, I guess, first and okay. foremost. Um, you know, I do, I have liked everything I've tried. Um, you know, the the bourbons of the world are are a little more of a, I don't want to say a challenge, but a little more of a, um, you know, getting to learn and love and appreciate. And, um, but everything I've had, I've liked. So, you know, okay. Jack, is, Jack is the go-to. And then- okay everything else is just learning at this point see that would have been what i would have said if i was you know a sellout and acted like i liked whiskey i would have said yeah jack daniels is my go-to yeah well now that you say that now i feel like a sellout thanks so much no no but like that's the that's the one that's the main one they've done a good job of making themselves the whiskey brand but you're you're right you're right because when you think whiskey i mean everybody you know jack and coke Right. Every artist in the world who has ever, um, you know, played on that whiskey, you know, whatever, and tried to brand it as a whiskey song, right? They Mm -hmm. always use that black label outline and put in their own words. You know, you don't, you know, nobody, nobody's taking Buffalo Trace's logo and put in, (laughs) put in, in, you know, like, um, this is my whiskey tune or anything like that. You know, it's, so you're right. They they have a stranglehold on the market, you know, in the marketing and, you know, from everything I've seen, you know, they don't really spend any marketing money, you know, so it's, yeah. it's just, uh, you know, they're just there. They're just there. Right. Now, they, boots. You know, I could, I could talk to you all day about boots. Yeah. See, I can't, I have no idea. I have one pair of boots and that's it that's all i know see you need to we need to ship you down to north carolina we can teach you some southern manners we can get you some boots (laughs) now i am personally so i i kind of partnered up with old gringo a couple of years ago so they're a good boot company amazing also ariets are a great boot 
Um, let's that, see. That's what I have. I have Ariats. Yeah. There's all kinds of good ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I figured I'll give these the pair that I have a couple years and then, you know, try something else. And yeah. You know, I kind of go from there. Yeah. They're an accessory. They, yeah. They really are. You know, they've become my, like, my dress shoe. They've become yes. my everyday shoe. You know, it's, it's, it's great. They're it's perfect. Great. They They're are. the universal shoe, just like Jack Daniels is the <laughs> universal whiskey. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. And like the best thing about like, you know, cowboy boots, right, is that like they are like you said, they're universal. So like even, you know, it's not like other kind of shoes where like, you know, guys don't necessarily look good in them or should mm-hmm. wear them. Like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna be wearing stilettos or high heels, you know, but but you every guy looks good in a pair of boots. That's right. That's right. You know, even even if they could be wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Yes. And have boots on and it still looks good. Yes. And they can be dressed up or you can go work in a field and get them dirty. It don't yep. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. You're absolutely right. Oh, man. Well, that, this was a lot of fun. I can't thank you enough for sharing your story <laughs> and and how you've become you and everything that's coming. I'm, you know, I'm so happy for you and your success. And I really look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad we could sneak it in before the holidays, before yeah. we get, we go into our turkey comas. Yeah. Oh God. I, um, yeah. Yep. Thanksgiving <laughs> is probably my least favorite holiday of them all. No, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving is my favorite. It's everybody's favorite. I'm, I'm, you know, this is going to come out after Thanksgiving now, but yes. I, I can't, I'm not a big Thanksgiving, traditional Thanksgiving food person. Okay. Um, so that's where for me, it kind of loses its, yes. you know, luster, but like, you know, when our families are so close and everybody lives so close, it's not like a spectacle of like, Hey, we're all getting together. It's like, I yeah, got we, you. we did last weekend too. We just saw you Tuesday. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> right. I mean, it's nice. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love seeing the family and everybody and, and stuff because, you know, as much as we do see each other, it's not as often as, you know, I know some would like, but mm-hmm. you know, so when we have a designated day to, you know, be fat together and yes. sit on the yes. couch. It's it's always a good time. Yes. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much. I hope your holidays are fantastic. Uh, you know, thank you again for everything, and um, we'll we'll be in touch super soon. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and we will. We'll stay in touch. Absolutely, Paige. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, my conversation with Paige King-Johnson. Thank you so much, Paige, for your time. I hope you had a wonderful holiday. I hope you have continue to have a great holiday season, as we talked about. Um, thank you for everybody that has sponsored the show and, you know, given some love. I'm talking to you, Rowdy Roads. I'm talking to you, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, American Grit and Grace. I'm talking to you, Amer- uh, Afterglow Boutique. And I'm also talking to everybody that has followed, liked, subscribed to all of our social medias. Um, YouTube is going to be coming next season. Next year, 2022, YouTube is going to blow up. You watch. I'm telling you, telling you right now. So until next time, keep the boots on the ground, the whiskey in the glass. Thanks, everyone. Till next time, cheers. Good night. <laughs>